This is a Dece World production in association with Pants Pending Studios. They're not PC So if occasional foul language turns you off Then you have all been warned This is the call before the storm Get ready for the social hour Live from the Spokane Comedy Club in Spokane, Washington This is the Social Hour! On today's show, comedians Michael Glatzmeyer and Daniel Anderson. And now your host. With Queen Elizabeth dead, that means his second favorite queen just died. Now he's gonna be real devastated if RuPaul passes away. Discussius! Malakine, everyone, welcome to the show. This is the Social Hour. I am Deese. What is up, guys? Thanks for hanging around. Uh, we are uh, broadcasting live from the green room at the Spokane Comedy Club. About to uh, hit a little show here. Uh, before we get into that, get into this uh, episode, guys. As usual, go to deesecomedy.com. Check out everything going on across the network. Uh, we've got live dates coming up uh, across the country: uh, Oregon, Washington, Texas. Uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, check them out. I've got uh, tickets up on sale going fast, so uh, check it out, guys. And if you are listening to this as it comes out, tonight we will be at Backwoods Whiskey Bar in Coeur d'Alene. That show's sold out, but uh, come and stand outside and listen to us be funny. And then the drinking debate Saturday night at the Black Diamond in Spokane Valley. There are still tickets for that, but they're going fast, uh, so get them while you can. Uh, all right, guys, that's it for the commercials. We are here in the green room of the Spokane Comedy Club uh, with uh, comedian, uh, the anonymous comedian, Daniel Anderson, who's hosting our show for us tonight. And uh, the other half, the nearly famous duo, Michael Gladsmeyer. What is up, man? Hey, man, it's uh, glad to be together again. Back again, <laughs> back again. Remember uh, last time we were together, we filmed that whole sad like breakup, romantic yeah. I think video. we've even done stuff since then. Yeah, we, well, yeah, we've done a few shows since then. Sometimes we, I feel like we get in the mood to, like, film really good content to advertise our shows, and then sometimes we just, like, give up and just hope people show just up. Just, like, please someone come. Well, fuck, dude, sometimes it's easier when we're doing, because I think this time we're only doing, like, five shows or something like that, mm-hmm. where there were times when we were doing, like, three, four weeks of shows on the road, where it's, like, you, you go in with so much gusto... And then by like week two and a half, you're like 20 days into this and you're like, I don't give a shit what fucking Poughkeepsie thinks oh, of yeah. this show. You know, I don't, I don't care what I fucking we had Crestview, three. Florida is going to, you know, like <laughs> these fucking people can suck my dick, come to the show or not. <laughs> just, I remember when we had like three and a half weeks and we only had like one day without a show. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was just like, why? But why? It's, yeah, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I just got off a run where I literally was gone for over a month 
and there was only one day I didn't do a show every night. I did an hour every fucking night for a goddamn over a month. It was nuts. And I like, I was so tired of hearing those things come out of my mouth after like by the end of that month. I'm just like, I don't want to say these jokes anymore. I don't want to like, it's just so, so tough. So yeah, I, I, you know, what I find funny about doing these shows on the road is I've noticed like the shows I advertise really well. I got posters out. I've, I'm doing content videos. I, I've even like had radio ads out and then they like, half of the audience shows up and there's only like, and then there's shows where I'm like I don't give a crap I'm so tired I don't yeah. want to do this I'm not going to advertise I, I'll do one or two posts and then I show up and it's like a sold yeah. out like I'll be honest for tomorrow's show that's sold out I made one post and that yeah. place we already have that place is sold out yeah well luckily I've done that room a couple times have been cultivating it and like have found a little niche to uh, make it work and uh, I put some money into ads too for it so I feel like when you get a good owner too like sometimes there's places we do that have like owners who bring us there and then they don't advertise they don't push they don't they don't help out and they don't have a following but then if you get a bar or a brewery or a theater that's like they've got a great following yeah. already um, and all of that stuff then it's like a killer oh yeah turnout yeah, yeah, we just, I just did this run through Oregon, and we did, I mean, we were doing breweries, like, because I did, I don't know, have you done Chadwick's in Medford? No. Pat Wilson, I did that a weekend there, and then my next side, the next weekend I was at Joker's, and I did shows all the way through Oregon into Washington on the way up, just brewery shows, right? And, like, I mean, we had a Tuesday in fucking Newburgh, Oregon, that had, like, 90 people at this show, this place, Pat's Brew is packed out, and it's, like, yeah, this is a fucking, you know, that's more people that run out the shows at Jokers all weekend. Yeah. Jokers. Jokers is one of my favorite clubs to perform at just because, you know, it's funny because those gigs that you're talking about are probably through Pat, Pat Wilson and stuff, right? Yeah, the weekend. Um, yeah. I did it when it was through David Tribble, Tribble which sucks because um, you, you starting off in comedy, you'll learn this, but. Uh, when you like start off, you'll be going through a comedy club and you're like, oh, I'm featuring. Now I'm headlining. And then they get a whole new booker and now you're none of those. Yeah. And it's so irritating sometimes and so frustrating because you're like, okay, I've been headlining this place the last couple years, but now the booker who's taking over doesn't, doesn't know, know me at all. Yeah. I just hit her up the other day because I was like, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm... The funny thing about Pat is she is like, I like Pat, we get along a lot, but she doesn't like dirty comedy, but also she is one of the dirtiest people to talk to. Like if you just talk to her in real life, she is so dirty. And then she, the way she talks, she cusses like a sailor, she talks about all this crazy shit, but she doesn't like dirty comedy. And I'm like, fuck man, you know? And it sucks because she'd never seen me perform before until last weekend in Medford. She came down to the show Saturday, fire show, crushed it. Friday or Saturday, or Friday crushed it. Saturday was a weak night. I mean, no one did great. And it was just not, it was very tepid. So I'm like, I don't know how that went in front of her, you know? Like one night was fired and it was okay. But yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, and Jokers isn't, you know, the rooms like that are not, it's so funny because they're not, 
great rooms, but they're like convenient and they pay okay. Did she uh, come up to you at all and tell you that, hey, I don't like the dirty material? No. No. Because I did a gig with David Tribble one time and he, we didn't expect him to be there. And he, first of all, he loaded us with the spiciest hot. <laughs> this is my first time headlining any, any of his shows. Me and Phil co, co headline. He bought us the hottest hot wings. He's like, give me, uh, it was like 25 or 30, bat, huge basket. And he's like, come on, guys, eat up. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it because it's my first time headlining for him. So I'm eating these hot wings. <laughs> and then when I get on stage, my stomach's just hurting. He walks up to me and Phil after the show and just goes, I don't, I, I don't see it. <laughs> he just goes, uh, <laughs> did your, was your phone to say consume site? I turned on TikTok and immediately I'm like, why the hell would I do that? Just in general? I'm, like, I'm that guy right yeah. now. I couldn't be off this phone for a few minutes. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, so he gave us the hottest hot wings and afterwards he was just like... And then he kept booking me as a headliner. It's so weird when you get a booker who's just like... And then, you know, it's weird. Like The last few times he's seen me headline, he was like, oh man, that was really good. And... I don't think he even remembers telling me that the show, he, like, he didn't think we were good after, and then booking us. So I just wonder if, like, they just see a bad show and then they bookers decide, oh, now you're a bad comic? Or I, I think just all these bookers, like, these old school bookers, when they first see a comic, they have to, like, make them feel like they're still going to be starving for a while. They can't make you feel like you did a good job. Because cause if they, if, like, they can't give you any power... And if they, if, if, if you're like, hey man, that wasn't that great, your life is still in my hands and I may not ever feed you. Like they mm -hmm. need that power, otherwise they have nothing left. Mm -hmm. It's like, even if they like the show, it's like an editor. Like I used to write for these websites, right? I used to write comic articles for these websites. And the problem with editors is that like, their job is to edit. So even if you give them something good and it doesn't need fixing, if you, they don't put their stink on it, then they have they don't have a job, mm -hmm. you know. So like they have to do something to like fuck with it to make it their own. Otherwise, then like they they seem worthless, you know. Yeah, that's why I really enjoy being kind of like a comedian slash booker slash hustler because if a booker doesn't like me for some reason or they just decide they hate me, well, guess what? If I'm going to that area, I'm still going to book a show somewhere. Yeah, I'm still going to make. Uh, yeah, and it'll I, probably pay more than whatever. And it'll, yeah, it'll pay more because you're going to pay me two to three hundred dollars to headline your show. Yeah. Anyways, well, guess what? If I book my own show, I'm going to be making six hundred, yeah. seven hundred, and, and and sometimes I have to take the risk. Like I said, when I do door deals, door deals have kicked me in the butt. So I don't like doing a door deal. But if I'm in that area and the only thing I can get is a door deal, I'll take it. But some of my favorite shows and some of my most sold out shows, packed shows, yeah. most money I've ever made has been a door deal. We, I did a door deal. Uh, it was right outside of Texas. Um, it was 150 people. They said, we don't want nothing. You get 100% of the door. You just push the show. They already have a following though. So right when yeah. they launched it, the first day they launched it, we sold 30 tickets and it was two months out. And not only that, uh, uh, I think they ended up getting like a thousand people following that event. Jesus. So I, I didn't expect none of this, yeah. by the way. 
Uh, we sold all 150 tickets, and I sold all of my merch. I had about 80, 90 shirts nice. at night. Yeah. I ended up walking with a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. And so I like getting guaranteed pay from a booker, but sometimes taking a risk or doing like what you do where it's like, okay, you're going to pay us $200 plus yeah. the door. Well, that's what, that's what I found is if I can get them to do like basically a guarantee that covers my travel costs, advertising, and like my opener. So like even if I make zero, it's like if I sell, I'm not losing. So like I've got my base cost covered and then I take the door. And then if I can push like, you know, somewhere between 50 and 90 tickets at 10 bucks to 10 to 15 bucks a piece, it's like, yeah, all of a sudden I fucking have a good night. And if I do that for a week straight, it's like, yeah, this was a good week. You know? I think the only problem is now with booking door deals and booking shows is there's a lot of comedians who are like three, four months in and they want to start booking. They're like so eager to get on a show and there's a bunch of new comics who start like, I always see like newer comics start like little groups who are like, we're going to book shows. And then they take their mediocre jokes because I, I hate to say this, but your first year, here in a couple years, you're going to look back at all of those jokes and say, hmm, I wrote way better jokes now. And you will keep a well, I, I, I have to believe that I'll have a better delivery when I'm not having like an anxiety attack <laughs> on stage. I don't think anxiety attack might be better for you. Yep. Yeah. Some people say that you don't want to lose that, but I'm like, I was just like, my heart rate wasn't up in like the 140, 150 uh, range, you know, but I don't let it really, I'm honest with the crowd and I let them know. Yeah. And I know that's a big no-no because if you tell them that you're nervous, they're like, this guy's going to suck. But yeah. luckily I can back it up with enough like funniest jokes that it doesn't affect me that way. The thing is though, it can, that honesty, if done right, can be endearing. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not really about whether you're being, whether you're nervous or not. It's about, or what you tell them. It's about like, a lot of it's about being genuine. Yeah. So if you're like, if, if you're genuine, like, yeah, man, like, oh, this is kind of crazy, you know? Like, the, you're, the way you delivered is still kind of funny. Like, they're going to be... They're, it almost gets them more on your side. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this guy, he's, like, nervous. We should, like, go, you know? Yeah, and I'm not so nervous that I'm tripping over my words and I can't get it out or right. something like that. But I just tell them, yeah, like, I am nervous right now. My heart rate is 156, you know? <laughs> and I should probably be doing, like, sit-ups and push-ups or something up here. Right, not just standing. So it's funny. I feel like the reason me and Dee started working with each other is because we were both doing a comedy for a couple years before we worked with each other. And um, when we started working with each other, I think it's because we both, like, we saw each other at every single open mic. Like, we put work into it for a couple years. And after mm -hmm. putting it in a couple years, we were both, like, yo let's let's start taking we both have a show yeah let's basically start co-headlining and and going on the road together and a lot of the shows we didn't even need a host or any of that these would do half i would do half mm -hmm. it would be a great show actually when i my first year my first year and a half doing comedy this is one of my favorite stories uh this was when you started getting into the booking world too yeah you booked me at a, a sushi place at the way do you remember <laughs> they they somebody told you i don't know if it's bartender somebody was like uh yeah you can all, all the people get a bunch of sushi and everything like that and then like there was like a misunderstanding where they're like no i was just gonna set the green for you guys 
Oh, yeah. It's going to turn on the chandelier joint. Oh, all right. It'll, it'll make it more romantic. Yeah, we we need a very romantic interlude here. Sorry, oh, wait, wait, wait watch this. Sorry for the Oh, no, no, this is... Gr- oh. That's it. Oh, that's good. That's... Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Thank, Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's that's yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take my cup. Oh, yeah. Let's leave up for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Let's leave up for a minute. Yeah. See, thank you very much. Um, so. See the crap that we deal with. This happens all the time. Despite this way. Yeah. I like how we just keep that in the podcast, please. Um, so we did this show, and then then they're like, "Oh, they didn't. They just lost communication." I remember you being like, "Shit," because I felt like you. I mean, you followed through. That's a cool th- thing. I think you ended up having to pay for some of it too, because you followed through. You're like, "Well, there was a promise that people were gonna get sushi. I'm not gonna say no to it." And yeah, some yeah. bookers would just be like, "Nope." Yeah, you well, <laughs> I, I, it's a mistake. But that's not the first time we had that. Me, our friend Tony, and Deese one time went to this bar oh that the rock do you remember how much the tab came up to it was like it was almost two hundred dollars no it wasn't two hundred dollars it was four hundred and something dollars. oh and they already gave us half off they said yeah because what happened is they were like you guys get drinks you get food deese doesn't drink anymore but at this time we were all drinking pretty heavily and we were Very drinking. Heavily. She, she, she. I mean, a I lot. The days she, too. she kept coming in and be like, "You guys want another shot?" And we were like, "Yeah." Like she's offering. Do you guys want another drink? Yeah, we want another drink. Yeah, she just kept. She yeah. said at one point, "Do you want a refill?" And I'm like, "Yeah, a refill." And then she's like, "Hey, you guys want to try some food?" And I was like, "Yeah, what do you guys got?" And she's like, "Here, I'll just bring you a bunch of appetizers." She brought us all these appetizers, tacos that we need, stuff we didn't even ask for. And then after, yeah, it's the end like of the it's night, not a hospitality if you charge us yeah, for yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the night, she goes, yeah, you guys owe like $230. I'm like, wait, what? You you were saying refill? You kept bringing us food that we didn't ask for? And then now you're trying to That's so charge up. it. So we obviously we paid the like $230, which afterwards we only ended up making like $75. And then this uh, one of the managers of the bar let us stay at her house. Yeah. And we were all in the car so drunk in her car being loud. And Dude, I was, I don't smoke weed often and I got fucking stoned as shit. And Tony gave me shit till the day he died. I fucking, because I sat just behind her seat, in her back seat, her driving, her in front of me, and I'm just roasting her, just talking so much shit. Tony's very polite, by the way, and Tony was like, and I'm just laughing, and Tony's like, freaking out. Like, he's felt so bad. But the best part was that she took us to her house. She was nice enough to let us stay there. And uh, she's like the bar manager. And then she... uh, she put us in this guest room. Was she like, the one that was upselling you? The no, 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 no. That's okay. the owner. Like, yeah, I know. She, the owner. Was, she let you stay. But she she puts us in this guest room. That's two beds. Like I think Tony and I crashed in a bed together. And, and you guys gave me the like nice bed. Yeah. And Tony and I like we'll sleep, we'll cuddle, and like the best part was her bed was across the hall, and you you could hear like she goes in, she closes the door, and like it was like the loudest sound in the world, just like. You hear silence and her go ka chunk like the deadbolt on her door and I'm just like, Oh, that's so insulting. Like I, you like you think something's gonna happen. I feel like it was more than a ka chunk. I felt like we heard like nine like fucking chain. we heard yeah. we heard like we heard like bolts going yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but can you blame her though? Fuck. 
god, it was just so funny. But uh, that sound was like the, the lock heard around the world, you know? That's so funny. Did you know what? I had a dream that night, which was a weird dream that I, you had a girl that snuck out the window at, that night. Yeah, like I knew it was a dream because the other Wait, girl. Was I don't know if that was a dream or a thing that actually happened, but I, I didn't felt... sneak out of the house that night. I think I was too I, drunk. No, I don't feel like you. Sne- I I think I had a weird dream. I think I told you about it, but I had a dream that like, like you had a girl come over and then she had to sneak out that. I mean, things like that have happened in my day. Yeah, I mean, that was a crazy shame action. That was the first time I. Speaking of jokers, the first time I played jokers, I. Um, got this I so there I was just hosting and they don't um it's like six seven years ago and they, they don't put up the hosts the Joker's Comedy Club mm-hmm. it's in Tri-Cities right and we so I got there used to be this website called Couchsurfing yeah so I, I that. yeah so I mm-hmm. find the these nice people was a nice couple with a fan you know they got kids and stuff no I mean like older kids like you know late teens, late teens early yeah. 20s you know and they They've got this separate room, like a mother-in-law suite for the house. Like as soon as you walk in the door, front door, you take a left, and it's it's got a you know, you can close and lock the door. It had like a little living room, kitchen, and a and a fold-out sofa. It was nice. Yeah, absolutely. you know. So and I'm like, oh, this is great for free for the weekend. Awesome. Well, I didn't realize it was free because it was about a long time. So I went over to Europe and we. We didn't use it, but we thought about using couch surfing. I used to use it a lot, and it was. It was but it makes sense, yeah. It is. Yeah, I think it's like free. I think it's weird now, but it's something's different about it. Well, now, they they it changed makes sense it that up. it's free, but like I'm just thinking like they, everything. They went back money. to free, but during the pandemic they had a charge. Oh, okay. So I say it's people's house. They're nice, you know. Saturday night, I end up meeting this girl after the show, and I'm like, <laughs> so she's like, well, I live with. I think she lives with her parents or something still. And she's like, I'm like, well, I got this place, but it's, uh, um, <laughs> no way. Go, it's going to be so her house. We, uh, we, I like sneak her in, you know, in the front door. We take immediate left, you know, they're asleep. We fucking quietly bang on their sleeper sofa. We end up breaking their sleeper sofa. Oh, damn. And like the next morning, I had to like, the family's up. And like we pass out. I was gonna kick out. I just one quietly yeah. break asleep Dude, or something. Well, it wasn't that quiet. That was the. But the next morning, like I plan on kicking her out, but should we pass out. And I wake up this morning. I'm like, oh fuck! I can hear them all out in the kitchen, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And there's are back, there rules against like? Well, I assume I, mean, I kind of you know I don't think it was never explicitly said etiquette, like but hey not rules. Don't bring some floozy from the club, yeah. but I feel like it, yeah. But it's the, like they don't know you from Adam either, so right. what's the problem? You with know this what's girl? crazy it's is a, I didn't have a dream. I just remember this story so well that it was that my was favorite it. story. <laughs> it's just a story that I thought was a dream. I, she so I'm trying to like there's a back door and I'm like it just they live by the river so there's like a path in the river and she I but the the mom is on the patio just reading the paper drinking coffee for like an hour and I'm like. I don't know what the fuck to do. I don't know how to get you out of here. So finally the mom goes inside for one minute. And I'm like, go now. You got to go. And she goes, where do I go? There's just a river. I'm like, I don't know. And I just push her out the door, close it and lock it and close the curtain. 
then, yeah, she just walked down the river path like I never saw her again. Like somehow uh, that would be less bad than her just seeing you nicely walking a lady to her car. <laughs> like, I don't, want to see, I don't want her to see me taking a woman back to her car, but I will chance her seeing this woman out there. Just like, like I get it, this was like on- that asshole that you're hosting just kicked me out of your house. <laughs> you said this was on couch surf? Yeah. Man, That's that, that app, so they start charging and they stop, but... It's so fun reading through some of the stuff. I found people on there that are like, I'm a active nudist, um, and like they, that's they're, they're like, you can stay with me, you can take off your clothes, you can not take off your clothes. But there's people on like couch surf who are like, you have to wake up with me at four in the morning and oh yeah, drink an egg and go jogging because they're like, I want you to stay with me, but and also it's free, it's also these friends, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and it's also they want they're doing it because they some people believe like couch surfing is not just for a place to stay i mean obviously it's a go but it's yeah. also like you should be coming here because you want to experience a new life so i've been doing uh i think i told you about it i've been doing trusted house sitters which is you pay like 240s 40 pay 240s pay 240 dollar bills um here to pay 240 a, a year something around there and you can stay at people's house for free in exchange for watching their pets. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, some people have dogs and they put in there like, hey, my dog can be alone for four to, to six hours. They put out so that lets you know like, hey, I can leave during the day yeah, yeah. for four hours. Here's the responsibilities. And everybody has to get a background check, all that stuff. Or they have like cats. I mean, cats are easy. We have, yeah. a, we have a trusted house sitter coming up in a, next week. We have it for a month. And we just have to watch this cat. She's like, you. It has an automatic feeder. She's like, yeah. you can leave for three, four days. So it's cool. They have no pets. There's llamas. There's horses. Whatever you That's know so how cool. to watch. Yeah. Um. And but the app we have so far four months booked on it. We have a place on the beach in in, in Oregon near like that whole beautiful beach area in Oregon. We have almost three a three months place. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that, but I have my own house and pets to like have to take care yeah. of. So that's what yeah. stops me from being able to. Dude, I would also never pass a background check. Well, the cool part too is like it's the same price. You can pay two hundred something a year. So if you and it, everybody's like background checks, all of this stuff, and pe- some people have reviews. I mean, that's such a good way to save money. That's awesome. Well, yeah. and it's cool. It's like. Everybody, you can find somebody who has five or six reviews, and these people are usually people who truly care about pets. And mm-hmm. you know, if someone's coming to stay at your house and they have like six or seven reviews, you can see how they've been. And then if I stay at someone's house with a cat, I'm like, I'm not just feeding it every now and again. I'm gonna pet this cat yeah, unless like it doesn't like people, then I'll just leave it alone. Yeah. But especially I'm gonna spend time with these animals; they need attention. Right. Absolutely. Especially like pup pups and stuff like that. I love. I love dogs and everything. I've always been a cat guy, but I like dogs too. My <laughs> cats just get so much hate that they need somebody to rep them. Right, somebody know? to love. Them. I just yeah. think, I mean, I don't know if I would trust somebody without a review because well, yeah. it's like you don't yeah. want nobody with your pet. They really, I need like five reviews. I can't just have yeah. one time it went well and the next time the guy decides to just be his well, true self. You the know? only yeah. weird part about the app, there's recommendations dimensions where they're not reviews you can go i could go to dc and be like hey can you just fill this out um and even if i've, I've never watched shady. his dog you can just say anything you can just be like yep he loves it's my completely unverifiable yeah. reviews yeah <laughs> um and so i got five of those and they were like from tasha's mother my mother yeah my my dad i was like please create two separate accounts did your mom be like he's he does love dogs but he, he used to pee in the corner <laughs> 
people are gonna have to hear this now. There was a story I was telling these. I God, I can't believe it. I should never tell you something before a podcast. Um, I was. You don't have to tell the story, but you. Can. Yeah, but you just you just straight up was like he peed in a corner. People don't know the context, you know. Yeah, but I feel like it's a good story for the podcast. I have four older brothers, and we had a pretty large house, and this is disgusting but we were disgusting boys i mean there was tomato sauce on the walls beat up like i said all my my parents drink a lot my brothers drink a lot my brothers were all drug dealers all that stuff so growing up it was like a rough house but we were so lazy because there was only one bathroom and we didn't want to go downstairs to go pee so when any of my brothers needed to pee they would just pee in this corner <laughs> welcome. Um, welcome. So my brothers would pee in this corner upstairs on the carpet, and that's where they would just go to the bathroom instead of going down to the bathroom. And it started smelling really disgusting. So my mom had to get a carpet cleaner and a person to rip up. They like ripped up that whole so carpet. Get a contractor area. to like tear yeah. up and it was like, floors. It was one of those old shaggy like '60s carpets, so it like really Ugh. soaked into there. And my mom, when the carpet got it, it there, went, it went deeper than that. Oh, it, it went. Oh, it was. It went down. And the guy, the carpet guy, when she was, he was there. Uh, she goes, yeah, we, we had a dog that we had to get rid of. She was so embarrassed to just say, I have five boys that are disgusting as shit. Like That's she, the way that people always... They just get a potted plant or something. People it's always expected me and my four <laughs> brothers to be that way. And when we weren't that way, they would give us like money at the mall and stuff for just eating our pizza quietly. A lady would walk up and just give us money, and we're like, why did that happen? And my mom would be like, it's hard to get five boys to just sit and eat their food and not just go crazy. <laughs> the best part about this story is, in the middle of it, my wife walked in, and she has never heard this story. This is a, <laughs> this is a story that I was hoping she would never hear in her life because one time so when my parents lost Wait, this she knows your family this can't be the worst she would judge the you house that we went to that i was legitimately like it smells like piss and cigarettes yes. in here okay they didn't get the smell out yeah uh there she was she no had, secret. so well, there's lots of corners in the house they, <laughs> my parents ended up losing that home uh probably like five six years ago something like that they ended up losing the home and tasha during that moment was a real estate agent i was like oh i would love to go look at this home and see what they've done, if they've remodeled it. They condemned it. And we, it. we went in there, and <laughs> they condemned it. What is it, child yeah, B? That's, that's, a, that's a right <laughs> aid now. Oh, we went, <laughs> we, went, we went in there, and Tasha literally says, why does it smell like cigarettes and piss? It stunk and so I, And I, I just ignored I just, they really remodeled it now. They like tore the oh, floor yeah, up, brand new wood floor. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. what we like to call olfactory fatigue when you've just been around it so long that you yeah, don't smell yeah. it anymore. <laughs> they, it was, it, it was. No, it was the house is trying to put itself out of its misery because remember <laughs> the, the uh, wall heater was on like, like noticeably like to the hottest point it could ever be at when we went Oh yeah, house. someone forgot to turn the heater off. Like, Yo, the heater's like, like 110 degrees legit like someone turned it on all the way he's like we haven't messed with the heater at all the house is trying to be trying to well it was a ghost man this is uh 
I'm not kidding. We found um, when we get out of house. <laughs> when we like, moved in, we, we, level to it. this is dark as shit. But when we moved in, my mom, we opened up the basement area and it had like a Barbie doll, like a not Barbie doll, but a baby doll with its head ripped off. There was all those like jarred foods, dusty. We've never been into it, but in the basement, it's all rocks. It's like a cellar area. There's a hole, square hole, like that a tiny, shit. like tiny, tiny person would have to fit into it, and. In the back, you can see another empty room in the basement. And you never yeah. went in there? No, you'd have to tear down all the rock walls. My dad was totally always scared. But they also found a freaking uh, journal that talked about, like, the son hung himself in the garage. They would make them sit out on the uh, this is roof American with their... horror story. Yeah, yeah, it was. Right? They would say, like, the, the parents would make them sit on the roof. There's, like, a... You saw the... the there's yeah. a ledge that they would have to sit on the roof with their hands under the butt in the middle of winter without... It was, like, a really dark story, but it also said there was thousands and thousands of dollars hidden in the house and everything that their parents hid all this money, and it said toys and stuff that were hidden in the attic that they got mad and stuffed all their toys funny thing is like also when my dad went up to the attic to clear it out guess what he found boxes of bouncy balls boxes of you know it's like I was like, like jacks and stuff yeah. like oh, well there was, was, was pog, yeah. there, there, it was it was pogs it was yeah. jacks it was bouncy balls toys linked logs yeah it could not compete with your brothers like, oh, the whole right. time the house the was legitimately left. hostile, yeah, but yeah. they were like, fuck this. The ghosts were like, this smells like candy. They're like, what, <laughs> can, what can we do worse than these people <laughs> that are literally home. urinating into their walls and floors? I'll say this. If the kids' toys were jacks and bouncy balls, no wonder they hung themselves. I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, this isn't bullshit. Get the fuck out of Dude. here. Um, <clears throat> well, it was just toys of the time, you know? Yeah. They're happy to have them. Like that was the air, a- man. That was the first time. If you ever played a game of Jax, it's a right. right. Yeah, you want to play another game of Jax, or just kill ourselves? I think let's just fucking kill ourselves. That's the there. first time I ever discovered Pogs, man. And I, I fell in love with Pogs. I the shit yeah. when I was in the first grade. Yeah. They had a huge yeah, box yeah, of yeah, Pogs. It's the artwork. I like Pogs the same reason I like skateboards. Remember Not that? because I can write it, but, but I like the artwork on them. Yeah. I, think I, I never played day. Pogs, I just loved the artwork on we uh one of the pogs in there was a set of these Pokemon pogs like that like not the pogs the slammers yeah and yeah, we slammers. went and looked and saw one time they were like going for like eight hundred we, we already like my brother sold the whole box he sold it for twenty I had a lot of poison which meant if you could see a skull anywhere on the the picture then that was a poison or whatever they're probably worth nothing now but there was a point that you know they yeah, like around. perceptions reality so you could probably sell it to somebody which before. you know what somebody could easily bring those back that, that was a fun yeah that's a they're sick man it was cool artwork and stuff i don't know did you guys play uh for keeps like when you did pogs oh, like, always for keeps always man yeah, yeah like hit and whatever you hit out you yeah. gotta keep and uh, yeah, it was a little bit too easy though. We were like, I'm gonna play a game with these guys. I'm about to lose my shit because they're gonna throw a slammer at it and flip half of my stuff. <laughs> up. So I hope I want my friend stuff more than yeah. The but stuff you had that to play, yeah, you'd like we like bet ones that you you gamble because you'd be like, well, I'll put in this one, but you got to put in that. So my, like, if you're, my you're parents, risking like losing a good one, but you might get their good one. There, you could throw a shitty one. Most parents wouldn't let us keep. Because they just knew that eventually we would like fight over it or something. Did you guys have them? Did you see you had them in Europe? Oh yeah, we had them big time, and we had ones that had like naked people on. Oh man! Of course oh, they do over there in dude. Europe, man. Yeah, like and then like the well, the boys would always like yeah be like, oh I found it, like I'll pay you money, man. Like, <laughs> Why are all these pogs sticking together? <laughs> <laughs> 
internet, you couldn't get a kid to play Pogs. They'd be like, get the fuck out of here, old man. I got my av- banging my avatar on Oculus over here. Get the well, fuck Well, I mean, sometimes simplicity still rules Yeah, I know, right? There, there are, you know, great things about the internet and negative things. I think it's, like, cool how, like, on in, in internet, now we don't need to collect junk. Back then, it was all these things that we always had to collect. Pogs, jacks, this, Beanie that. Beanie babies. Beanie babies. And we had all of this junk, and I feel like that's why... I feel like the newer generation isn't becoming as big as hoarders but as it was, older it was, generation. It was cool, like, stuff, though, kind of. I mean, to, I can make that shit myself. In I order to actually so... produce that stuff, there's a yeah. lot of passion. I think you could make a circle. Passion and art that goes <laughs> in. But to, like, but to, like, <laughs> make pogs and get a laminator and freaking print the design. But I, I know so many friends who, like, are from that era. Like, I'm still... Um, a lot of my friends are older and they're from that era, though, where all that stuff first started coming out. And and they're all big collectors. And it's not like it looks nice in their house collecting. It's no, like it's in a hoarding, safe somewhere. Gross, yeah. dusting, all in their basement. And they have just too much of it in there. Whatever, their... people nowadays do those weird bobblehead things, the, the, the big head <clears throat> things. Well, nowadays, like, like I've traded that. I've traded physical uh, things that I can cherish yeah, for digital yeah, likes and there. stuff. It's like okay. yeah, and, but that's a problem. It's like now with internet and all that stuff, we might not be hoarding and collecting it, but we're now just like soaked in. Always our... plugged in. You can never not be like yeah, stimulated. Escape. Yeah. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna, what time is that? Like my phone. I yeah. hate when you look at the right. phone and then you forget the You about to go get a coffee? Yeah, speaking of escaping, let's, uh, let's get out here. We're going to do this show. I'm going to grab a coffee. Um, guys, uh, Michael, tell them where they can find you, social media. Yeah, just look up Michael Glatzmeyer. If you can spell it, then you deserve to find me. <laughs> um, but me and Deese will be on the road at the end of September doing a bunch of stuff also. And coming up this Friday, uh, tomorrow, Friday, when you guys hear, are you releasing this? It'll be out tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, so tonight we'll be uh, in Coeur d'Alene, so. And sold out, but you can try to come and maybe squeeze a seat in, but it's pretty, it's going to be packed. So, but drinking debate Saturday night at the Black Diamond, we sell tickets for that. Get to that. Daniel, where can people find you? Well, so I'm going to be, I don't really have a good social media right now for my comedy, but I am going to be doing a show in Bellingham and Tacoma next month with okay. Michael. And I'll definitely work. I gotta get headshots and all that stuff. All right. I'm definitely. Yeah, he'll be doing the Bellingham and Tacoma. Yeah, we'll nice. be doing a couple shows over there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and guys, again, if you go to deepcomedy.com, check out everything going on. Uh, I will be, again, uh, there's shows coming up. Next week, I'll be in uh, a new show in Seattle at the 22nd in Wheelie Pop Brewery and uh, Yoked Farmhouse on the 23rd in Port Orchard. Get tickets for those. I'll be at Tacoma Comedy Club on the 18th uh, for the, I think, the pirate show I'm doing. Uh, lots of stuff. Just go to the calendar. I just updated it today. <laughs> All right, guys. For social, I'm Adis. And for Michael and Daniel, thanks, guys. Uh, we will see you next week.